Week 17 of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, our boys got it done this weekend, man. Our boys got it done. Hey, we were on here last week saying somebody going to be right, somebody going to be wrong, and it wasn't that bad of a week, huh? I'm just saying, but I I think that if people who know the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast have known. I've been on the Bengals all year. I talked you into the Bengals around week five. And since then, say, say hey, wait, 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 wait. Do you remember the game? I don't remember. What game was it? Do you remember? See, I remember. See, you talk, I remember the game. What game was it? They were playing the they were playing the Steelers and they had just come off of a loss. I believe they lost to the Bears. And they were getting ready to play the Steelers. And I was kind of on the fence. I went with them. You know what's crazy? Yeah, okay, week six, TJ. That was week six. I just looked it up oh. on the schedule. It was week six. They lost hey, to the hey, Bears hey. in week five, so I told hey, you hey, week six that the Bengals hey, on Martin, the podcast come, week six. Hey, tell me that my memory isn't spectacular, pristine, unreal to remember something like that. I mean, I, I had it off the top of my head. Week five, I was one week off, but then congratulations. Good well, job. Just to know the teams, the Bears and then the Steelers, but yes, I was, I was just, I was, you know, on my teeter totter, or I was on my scale of I don't know. But I've been rolling with the Bengals damn near every year, man. Yeah, pretty good. They finally lock up the AFC North. Joe Burrow looked like the best quarterback in that class. I mean, we didn't pick that game. It was one of your, it was in one of the games in your lemon pepper parlay. But you know what though, TJ, I'm sick of hearing this. I am sick of hearing people blame like say i don't understand why kansas city didn't just do this on defense or do that on defense and part of the reason why i'm sick of hearing it is because steve spagnolo i have seen and witnessed with my two only two eyes him coordinate two of the worst defenses in nfl history by like by 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 statistical measure Uh, now both like two of them were when he was coaching with the saints they were the they gave it the most yards, the most points, and the team was still competitive and still like not the, like you would think the worst defenses in NFL history would be like something that the Jaguars would have right now, right? But these team, but I don't the way that he calls defenses to me, I don't know. Tell me I'm crazy, but the way that he calls defenses to me, it, it, I don't see how you don't double Jamar Chase as he's going nuts. I don't see like I don't I don't get it. It's not even that. It's coaches. They're human. They're, they're not robots. They get comfortable doing certain things. And if they work a few times, they continue to do it. I'm going to tell you the play that blew my mind. It was third and 27. Third down and 27. Do you know what defense he ran? I saw it. I, I know the play you're talking about because Jamar Chase went up and caught the first down. Yes. Cover zero on third and 27. Like, bro, are you spending hours upon hours game planning to just call cover zero? Bro, uh, let me just give him some news. Spagnola, you don't have to spend any time ever game planning to call cover zero. Like these coaches, like it makes me just like, what are you guys doing during the week? And that's the type of thing that pisses you off as a player. When you prepare as hard as you do and he calls cover Zero in third and 27. What? And that's why they lost because they did a bunch of dumb 
S H I T. I see. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we're here on the same page because I'm sick of hearing it because all, because then all of a sudden the chiefs play no quarterbacks and because Chris Jones flipped from defensive end to defensive tackle, they're now giving up from they all, they stopped giving up 24 points a game. Now they give up 13. I'm like, all right, something is not adding up and that's no shade to Chris Jones. I think he's a good player, but I think overarchingly it's more of a schematic thing than anything. It seems from what I know, well, you know what it is. They just haven't played a team that can attack them the way the Bengals could attack them. You can't just take Jamar out of the game. T will kill you. Yeah. You take both of them out of the game. Mixing gonna kill you. So he tried to mix it up, but Joe is operating at a level that I don't care what anybody says. Moving forward, he's a top five quarterback until he retires, and he might be closer to one than he is to five. That's a take. See, and that's a no, that's not a take. That's a fact. We, well, all right. Well, you just know if we aggregate that, it's the type of thing that go up. But you mean top five in terms of ability and talent? Because his resume obviously doesn't say it. Uh, I don't give a damn what his resume say. My eyes. That's what my eyes see. And you okay, can say, a, oh, I'm just trying to clarify overarching points. I agree that I think Joe will. Burrow is a dog. I think he's, I think he's one of the, I think right now he's top 10 quarterback in the league. But I wouldn't say top, top 10, five no. until he retires. It's crazy. And everybody will say, oh, look at the help he has. He can't control that. Ain't that what it is? Oh, my God, man, this quarterback needs help. You give him help, then you give all the help credit if you don't want to credit the quarterback. That, that's how we work in society. We, we can put uh, disclaimers in either way. We can put a qualifier in either way. It doesn't matter what he has on the outside, what he has up front in the running back. He's a top five quarterback in this league, no question. And, yeah, he doesn't have the body of work. That will come. But your eyes tell you that. Yeah, I'm about to say, because I was, we were just having a conversation with, I was having a conversation with Damashek and, uh, and and Sal on Extra Points earlier today, talking about the difference between Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. And I was like, they were both number one overall picks. Joe, they both have a chip on their shoulder, but Joe Burrow obviously has something different about him. And then, like, there's something different about him and the, the way he carries himself when he's not on the field as well. Like, I think that he's just much more sure of himself in a way that, in a way that, like Joe Burrow had to transfer as well. You know what I'm saying? Joe Burrow had to, a lot of the, he did like, a, but he doesn't seem like to have like the, the FU that Baker Mayfield carries around. He's just walking around. He's very, he does. Well, he Burrow, just doesn't say it. He does. He just doesn't say it. He, he's able to block out the outside noise without blocking it out. If that makes sense. I'm sure no, he hears it. He heard he it. He uses it. He's able to he's able to hear it and use it for motivation. Yeah, I heard Wing Martindale's quote, but it doesn't. It's not something that seems, at least, to something that consumes him. It is not what gets him up in the morning. He you know heard it, it and it may get him an extra rep in a workout, but it does not get him up in the morning. Does that make? If that if make he sense? was a boxer, he would be able to stay calm in the midst of a bunch of adversity in the ring. He would be able to stay calm, whereas a lot of fighters. They can't stay calm. They burn a bunch of energy. They're tired by round six, seven, or eight. He's able to calm himself down. He's able to compartmentalize and say, take this deep breath. He just, I don't know what it is, bro, but top five is not a question. I don't know who gets bumped out, but he's in there. Well, a lot of people had this guy as an MVP candidate to start the year. 
I don't think he's anywhere near the conversation anymore, nor is he a top five quarterback. But Matthew Stafford and the Rams, they beat the Ravens 20 to 19. Me and you both like the Ravens to, I mean, both like the Rams to get right. And uh, I mean, it's, it was a tough one, right? Because you had, you had OBJ converting that big fourth down and then OBJ scoring a touchdown and then Von Miller, with the game clinching sack on the next drive or, you know, big game, both of those huge plays by guys who were not on the roster, uh, you know, game one, but then the other big acquisition was part of the reason why they needed to make the huge plays because Matthew Stafford had three interceptions. You know, the Rams might be onto something defensively. Certain pass situations, you put Vaughn and Aaron Donald on the same side, they're going to double Aaron Donald. They're going to slide the center to Aaron Donald with the guard. Von Miller's one-on-one with the tackle. They might be on something. Leonard Floyd would be one-on-one with the uh, uh, other tackle. But it's Matthew Stafford, man, is just really crazy. He's such a good player, and he's just made a lot of boneheaded plays as of late. And it's you know what's crazy? It's always early in the game. If you look at it, he's not throwing interceptions in the fourth quarter. They're, when they're fighting back, he's good. But he's putting them in a hole with those early interceptions. And I, and I was one of the guys that, man, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, it's a wrap, it's over, because I believe in his talent that much. He's going to have to stop this uh, habit of turning the ball over early. And the only thing I can think of is this. McVay has to approach it with training wheels in the first quarter, put training wheels on him, hold his hand, and don't let him make a mistake because this can cost you in the playoffs if he continues to do this. Which, I mean, honestly, doesn't seem like it should be. Now, maybe Sean McVay feels like he shouldn't have to do this with Matthew Stafford, but it's been the way he's had professional NFL success as a head coach prior to now with Jared Goff. You know, he was walking his hand, you know, holding his hand on that walk the entire time. As we see, Jared Goff has two wins in the NFL without him, right? And so it's like, you it shouldn't seem like it should be that difficult for Sean McVay to get that done. But this Rams, I, I don't know about this Rams team. No, it is McVay, forward. McVay believes in Stafford so much. He believes in his physical ability so much. He believes in his ability to get it done so much that – it's free reign. There's no training wheels. You're free. Go do what you want to do. And he's going to have to rein that in a little bit. I, I just believe it's coming from McVay with the utmost belief in Stafford. And he, he's going to have to change that viewpoint a little bit if they want to be successful in the playoffs. Well, speaking of two teams that are definitely going to be in the playoffs, the Arizona Cardinals, they went to the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I told you, TJ, Kyler Murray doesn't lose in Texas. I think he goes now eight and zero in Jerry World. Unofficial owner Kyler Murray. Cowboys uh, lose to the Cardinals twenty five to twenty two. Uh, and I told you I I didn't have much behind it behind my theory. As soon as the team in the NFL looks dominant, bet against them. There you hey, go. It, it was actually seventeen on eleven or eighteen on eleven. What the refs? Yeah. The, dude, the NFL refs this year, man, they've been so bad, man. It's almost like I'm so glad I'm not playing. They would kick me out of the league, man. Unless our, maybe our games wouldn't matter to the point where a referee couldn't determine a game. But that's a hard play to call. 
any ball that hits the ground that's debatable, let it go. Let it go. Don't blow the whistle. Don't say he was down. Let it go. Make him challenge you. It, because they're ruined. Like, who knows if the Cowboys would have won? We don't know. But tell me it wouldn't have been nice to see if they could have gotten that fumble and gone down the field and win the game. It would have been nice to see how they respond in that situation. They blow the call, but it's not just that call. I mean, you can point to four, five, six calls in every game that are a major factor in who wins and who loses. I'm sure the Kansas City Chiefs, and I was rooting for the Bengals, will say the same thing. Oh, back to that again. Guess what coverage Spagnola called? <laughs> cover zero. Cover zero. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, the, the, the Cardinals, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. Kyler Murray, he played a really good game. Dak didn't play as good as he should have played. And I believe Vance Joseph had Dak confused because I was watching that game, Martin. And it looked like it's going to be too high. They roll late to one high. And I, and I believe that Dak was holding on to the ball because he wasn't, the picture wasn't clear for him. It right. was a blurry picture. And so kudos to the Cardinals. And I think that we may see, have seen the end of, at least the end of somebody in Minnesota. Hey, tell me Mike Zimmer is not a savage. Tell me. Tell me, Mike, did you you see that interview? Tell me what he did. You tell me. You didn't see that? You didn't see that interview? I must Bro, Martin, they said to him, next week will we see Kelly Mond? Matter of factly, he said, no. They said, why? I see him every day in practice. I was like, whoa. And I played, I played under Zim. He was a D coordinator in Cincinnati. And he was like that at one point. I thought like Zim didn't like anybody because he didn't like he would just look at you. We talk shit to him in practice when we would uh kill the DBs. Right. And he would just kind of look at you like, shut the fuck up. But he was actually really cool. But he he's always been that matter of fact. Will Kellamon play next week? No. Why? I see him every day in practice. It's like, oh, shit, if you're Kellen Mond, you like, please get him up out of here. Yeah, somebody has to go. Minnesota has always had this. I'll say this. Oh, I got to ask you, is it not? I feel like it has to be Kirk Cousins because this is a team that had a shot. And now because he didn't have a vaccine, now they have to start showing Mannion. Who? Okay, answer this. How do you, Kirk Cousins, if I'm not mistaken, is guaranteed $35 next year. Who's taking on that salary? I know a team in Cleveland that that's not in love with their franchise quarterback who uh, Kevin Stefanski just had him, had him looking really good. Can they take on $35 million with the salary cap? Does the Minnesota Vikings, will the Minnesota Vikings be willing to take Baker Mayfield? I believe his fourth year option was picked up. And and so, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with that, but it wouldn't be, that's the only team that I can think of as Cleveland Browns because Stefanski had his best success as a coordinator with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback in Minnesota. That's the only fit. But if you're Minnesota, do you want Baker Mayfield? No, but I just, I I do think that if this is- Maybe you take Baker. Yeah. Because- Kirk's making 35. I believe Baker is at 19. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) 
save 16, probably, I mean, hey, it's one year. Let's see what he can do. I would, to me, that makes money. That makes sense to me. Because I th- people, don't, to me at least, you don't realize the actual cost. Like $16 million in just in a, in a year can, it's like three or four players. Like, like three or four other it's players. At least, not it's at least two pretty good ones. It's at least two yeah. pretty good ones. Yeah, exactly. And I just I think that's something that, you know, I think let's, like see quarterback if, was, let's see if we play GM here. Let's see if they somebody's going to listen to this and say, hmm, B-I-N-G-O. Let's see if we can make this happen. I, I Baker, that's the, and that's the other thing about like quarterbacks and like Aaron Rodgers at 50 million. Sure. Baker Mayfield at 35 million. Absolutely not. Now, Baker Mayfield at 20 million. Maybe we could talk about something. You know what I'm saying? Because then I could get you some offensive linemen. Then I could get you some running backs. But I'd be willing to give Baker 28 to 30 million because that's the going rate for the not high-end quarterback. I mean, you got to think, bro. Justin Herbert when he's up 50 plus. Joe Burrow when he's up 50 plus. I was thinking that with Lamar, but now I'm 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 unsure about that. But Joe Burrow in Justin Herbert, they are about to break the bank. So that's part of the reason why I wouldn't want to be pay Baker like the like because at one point Kirk Cousins was the guy who broke the bank, right? And so, but like the thing is, I think that ends up happening. Wow, Burrow and Herbert are two guys that absolutely I would go rob a bank, then break the bank to make sure I could go pay them. But I think what ends up happening is I. The, the Kirk Cousins effect where you end up guaranteeing his entire contract. And now you look at it at this situation, like the Jimmy G, like I'm not paying. If I'm, if I am not a hundred percent sure that I got that guy, like if I don't have Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and I get it, like, maybe it's, maybe I have a, a quarterback bias because my whole fandom, I, I was rooting for, for most of my fandom, I had Drew Brees as a quarterback for my, you know, sentient teenage life. But like, as watching the Lions year in, year out, covering that team, watching them pay Matt Stafford and Dom Sue and just not being able to get it done, your quarterback, if he's not elevated to that highest, highest level, anything that he's making over the average, I think to me, just is a hindrance to your team. Like, I think you might be better with Case Keenum at $17 million and Baker at 30. You know what it is? Everybody wants the franchise quarterback. And so, you're willing to overlook things that may not be franchise worthy and are showing you signs that he's not there. Okay, if we play great defense and run the ball well and limit things that we make him do, Zimmer in Minnesota, he can be successful. And so they're willing to do things and they know Kirk Cousins isn't a top 10 quarterback, but they paid him like he's a top five quarterback. Quarterback is the only position in the National Football League. Quarterback might be the only position in sports, period, that they get overpaid. And I mean overpaid because everybody feels you have to have a good one. To me, if everything around them is pretty good, the quarterback's going to have success, but you've got to have a really good team around them. And I say that, then I look at the Browns and say, huh, maybe that's not so true. Well, man, 
I don't want to go back in circles, but I overarched. I agree. I, I, I would take a quarterback every year in the draft. And because if you could, but in any event, let's take a quick break before we get to talking in week 18 picks. Speaking of teams that drafted quarterbacks, the San Francisco 49ers coming down two so five Rams are four point favorites. Uh, I think everybody's going to have to play in this game. San Francisco was trying to play their way into the playoffs. Don't know if we'll see Jimmy G or Trey Lance. TJ, does it matter in this game? I believe it does matter. It matters. The, the, the Niners, they want Jimmy G to play. And why is that? You know what his record is against the Los Angeles Rams? Pretty damn good. Jimmy G is 5-0. and the one for 246 yards a game, just under 247 because it's 246.6. It's all off the top of my head. I believe he has 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, passer rating just under 100. If, that, if that's correct, I'm really good at this shit, man. Um, <laughs> I would want him under center. And Trey Lance played well. But anybody that was watching that game in the first half, thought to themselves, the Niners may be in trouble against the Texans. It wasn't pretty in the first half. He turned it on in the second half. So they for sure want Jimmy G under center. Now, you remember that first game? They played really well, or they they just ran the ball, run, 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 run. Like, it was crazy. It was just run game, run game, run game. Yep. The Rams had no answer for it. So if they can do that, does it really matter who's under center? That's because they didn't, really, they didn't really need Jimmy G. He had to make some throws. They didn't really need him. But it's really hard when you're in the same division to beat a good team over and over and over again. I'm going to go reluctantly. With the Rams, I got my FanDuel stuff up, and, and and I look at it, and I'm just like, man, really? Four points, and they've lost five games in a row to the Niners? But I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams somewhat reluctantly to cover this for, um, I don't know why, but I'm going with them. Well, I can tell you a couple of reasons why, because I, you're right. Though those numbers, they either suggest – incredible domination or a few aberrations, right? Like I, I, like Nick Saban against former assistant coaches before this season, he was 25 and 0. Now he's 25 and 1 because he's lost to Jimbo Fisher. Do we look at that as domination or an aberration, right? Because this is like, he should, he probably could be 26 and 0 against his, like, do we really look at Kyle Shanahan and his body of work as a San Francisco 49ers head coach and think that he should be 5-0 and against any franchise? In, you know what I'm saying? Especially one in the division that he's that uh, – and that's to say Kyle Shanahan is bad, right? But is he so much head and shoulders better than everybody else that he should be sweeping division opponents that are, com- like, competitive? We're not talking about the Jaguars here. Right, like the, the Rams year in, year out have been playoff teams. The entire time that Kyle Shanahan has been in San Francisco, the Rams have competed for the playoffs. Right. That's this is that's crazy to me. Now, the thing that does concern me though, the run defense. Because you told me this the Rams play the run on the way to playing the pass. 
Yeah, the Rams play the run on the way to paying the plan. I said that right. And like you just said, Kyle Shanahan has no problem, like his father before him, just running the ball down your throat with 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 no with with reckless abandon, knowing that I'll, I'll he will throw this ball none. Went to the Super Bowl throwing the ball eight times, eight eight eight, eight completions or eight attempts. One of those two. I'm not. Again, I'm not as good. Bay. I remember that. It was against Green Bay, yeah, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I just remember that was my biggest. This is why Jimmy Garoppolo was not a starting quarterback, like not a Super Bowl quarterback argument. It's like Kyle Shanahan told you. If he if he, he would have thrown the ball more, if he had liked it. You know, that's the same thing people said about Mac Jones in Buffalo. If he had thrown the ball, you know, but it is what it is. But, yeah, I got I to gotta go with uh, – I'm going with the Rams here. I'm taking a four. I thought last week Rams plus four was to get right. I think the Rams are if I'll put it like this. The only thing that's holding them back right now is Matt Stafford throwing interceptions. So that I just I've seen a lot of Stafford. I don't know how much that will continue. We agree. And you know when we agree. I'm saying so saying it's pretty good. It's not quite the battle for the AFC West, but like if the Colts lose this game and this game ties, both of these teams will make it into the playoffs. So root for the Colts to win because who wants to see a Sunday night football of the Chargers at the Raiders just taking knees and ending the game at 0 0 in overtime to ensure both teams get a playoff spot? That would be I think, pretty cool. The NFL would be pissed. I also would be pissed too, TJ, because let me tell you why. I got Colts over nine wins. So the Colts are at eight. If they lose, they will be eight and nine. Exactly. I got Colts over nine wins. I got Jaguars, worst record in the league, right? So I had the Jaguars for the first overall pick. So the worst record in the league. If they win and the Lions lose, the Lions will have the worst overall pick because that will the same amount of wins. And, and then I'll have to watch Sunday Night Football that nobody wants to win. So, like, I, so we all should be rooting for the Colts this week is really the answer. Is really the answer to all the of this. Going, they're going to blow the Jags out. They'll blow the Jags they, out. They damn well better. And in this game, I think that the Chargers are going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think they'll. And you know what's crazy? I'm I'm really shocked that it's only a two and a half point spread. I'm shocked when just on paper you just look and say, "Oh, the Chargers are going to beat them," but then you channel a little Lee course on say not so fast my friend because the Raiders have had to win just to be in this position tough games down the stretch all that they've been through during the season with the tragedy with the Henry Rugg situation firing John Gruden Carr has been remarkable man you got to give him his props that dude has played lights out but I'm rolling with the Los Angeles Chargers. I just, I believe in Herbert. Their team is talented, but it just feels like he's going to make the play if need be for the Chargers to win. His receivers, Darren Waller has not played for the Raiders in, I believe, five weeks, and they're still being competitive. That's kudos to Carr. But it's only so far you can go without your best pass catcher out there, and Herbert will have his. I'm going with the Chargers. I'm thinking so too. Like I said, I think the Chargers are gonna take it. Uh, the Raiders have had so much, so much this year. Like, and Derek Carr has been playing well. He's like he he has been the part of the reason why that team is still competitive right now. A big part of the reason why. But they just released another defensive back for for DUI. Like, 
in, in how many bodies, like literally just how many bodies do the Las Vegas Raiders have between COVID, between uh, just being released for, I don't know, wave, like that, that's the second defensive back that they've released in the last four weeks. Do you think these dudes will learn, man? It's, it's comical. It really is, man. It's comical that these dudes think they bulletproof, man. Like, what is it going to take for you to learn? Just don't do it. It's not that fucking hard, man. Like, to me, it's stupidity. Just don't do it. It's that simple. That's my advice. I think that's probably pretty sound advice. Whatever you're about to do, don't. Uh, no, if you have to think about it, you shouldn't do it. So let's think about this real quick, because now that it's week 18, we could probably take the closest look that we're going to get or the, the furthest look that we're going to get and still get good odds on Super Bowl futures. Right. So, TJ, I'm asking you who right now, as we sit, are your Super Bowl representatives for the AFC and the NFC? So preseason, preseason, I had the Bills and the Rams preseason. Okay. And I don't know if you know, last year I picked the exact teams preseason to represent each conference in the Super Bowl and I picked the winner in the preseason pull it up in the archives baby so ah, I'm gonna just go with what I had during the season even though I want to throw my bingos in there because they've been playing really good but I had the bills and I had the rounds before the season started my my odds look pretty good because they're both in the tournament and so I'm sticking with them so right now the Bills are plus seven fifty, so just a little bit on so seven and a half to one. The Rams are nine and a half to one to win the Super Bowl outright, and you can get that exact result at twenty two to one if you were to bet that on FanDuel right now. I the Packers are looking pretty unbeatable though, man. That's the Packers. Look, to they look untouchable. So my Super Bowl pick. I am actually going to go ahead with the Green Bay Packers. Right now, they're plus 380, the favorites in the NFC North. I think that uh, bye week will be huge for them, especially with some of the injuries that they have. And I'm going with the AFC representative. Don't say Kansas City. Cincinnati Bengals. I was thinking the Kansas City. I liked the Kansas City Chiefs before. I did. I did. Especially when we were on their run, I was wavering. But I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals, who day is hey, not I'll the original phrase, but I'm still taking the Bengals. Well, I'll that's, be willing. That's, that's 20 to 1. And if you got that exact result, let's see, the Bengals versus the Packers. I'm going to look it up right now. 27, <laughs> 27 to 1, right there. I'll be willing to lose this just to see the Bengals go. Ain't nothing like it. They go, man, the Bengals make it to the playoffs, boys. Cincinnati going to be going crazy. What? I yeah. think that, hey, the AFC has never been more wide open, in my estimation, than the last, is, in the last 25 years of professional football. You, you get some will pick the Bengals. Some will pick the Chiefs. Some will pick the Bills. Some will say if Derrick Henry comes back for Tennessee, we might take Tennessee. They get the bye week. It will be exactly 10 weeks. Since he broke his foot, the time frame was six to 10 weeks. And so there's just so many different teams 
that you can choose from. It's crazy because nobody would say the Colts and I could actually see them going with that defense, that offensive line and that run game. I don't hate it. I don't like, I think the AFC is, is I think right now I, I just took a bet chiefs versus the field. I would, I take the field every time. Uh, yes, I got good odds, but absolutely. it just seems like the field is wide open in the AFC this year, but TJ quickly, your lemon pepper parlay for week 18. You know, I always try to pick a competitive game. And my lemon pepper parlay have done it all year. So I'm going to start with a game that we picked. And, and I believe it to be the most competitive game. And I'm going to pick actually the two games that I believe are the most competitive games. I'm taking the Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders to cover the two and a half points. I, they, they, they're the better team. The Chargers get in with, with Herbert, second-year quarterback. I, I see them uh, they going to uh, Las Vegas and winning the game. And I was going to take the Rams, but that's just a little too easy. I've already picked the Rams. I don't want to do that again. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to give away all the points that I'm giving away. I'm taking the Colts over the Jags to get into Man. the playoffs. So the, for the first leg of my lemon pepper parlay, I'm taking that same Colts team. We don't talk about this beforehand. We don't discuss it. We don't even line it up. In fact, I try to discuss games. I'm not going to put in the parlay. So we don't have common, common, uh, common parlay legs. But damn it, TJ, we got one. Now, the second one, I know you're not looking at this. Don't even watch this game. But the Jets plus 16 and a half versus the Buffalo Bills. They should have beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. Antonio Brown leaving galvanized the Buccaneers, getting them back. The Jets are going to cover 16 and a half. Book it. That's my Olympic pepper parlay. Let's eat. There we go, baby. Before the playoffs, here we go. All right, brother. Let's make a little bit of money.